Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good morning and welcome back to the FlowTrack podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined today by Gordon Mack. It is Wednesday, April 15th. Under normal circumstances, we'd be starting the middle of the tracks, the college track season and high school track season. It would be tax day, but of course, we're not in normal circumstances. Uh, Gordon, how are you doing? Doing good. I uh, listened to your pod. I did not listen to your pod yesterday, <laughs> so I apologize, but heard it was a great one. You, you broke down... <laughs> The top uh, Bowerman races, in your opinion, both Lincoln's opinion yes. and Kevin's opinion. So I imagine it was a great debate. Uh, what was uh, – I, I, you don't need to reveal what it was. Make people listen to the pod if they want to hear mm. your top Bowerman races. But as people know, this week is Bowerman Week on our site, coming up with these great themes. So I we thought before we uh, started recording this pod, we would uh, do a little – projecting into the future of what, who we think will be the next Bowerman newbies. Who are the next Bowerman uh, signees coming to that track club? It seems like, I mean, I always think about like, oh, they have everyone they need. And then all of a sudden they get Christian Schweizer. And you're like, okay. And you're like, oh, they have everyone they need. And all of a sudden they get Josh Thompson, who is now like a top three contender in the U.S. in the 15. So even though we think they're set, I mean, I remember I mentioned to Kevin that I think they have eight women who can make the Olympic team in 2021. So women who can make team, you kind of don't really have much room to add more, but Jerry's got that Jerry magic and he can always find new talent uh, where he needs to. So I thought, let's talk about who we think are going to be the next Bowerman Track Club runners. Who is Jerry eyeing? Could it be someone who is a senior this year? Could it be someone who's a junior this year, will be a senior next year? We break down who we think will be potential Bowerman future uh, employees. Yeah. If this was a if this was a sport a la baseball, 
or or basketball or football, I think the Bowerman Track Club would be out of cap space at this point. They, yes. they would have come up against, they would have at least hit the luxury tax if it wasn't a hard cap uh, because they have everybody. I mean, I know Nike Oregon Project formerly had some of the other talented runners in, 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 the, uh, in the country, some of the most talented Nike athletes. But with that being defunct now, it's like, is everyone just going to go to Jerry Schumacher? Can he continue to coach? more and more athletes it's but you just you look at it and you see the next talented athlete and you're like unless they're an 800 runner obviously or below you assume good chance they're going to go to the bowerman track club with jerry schumacher i mean last year grant fisher that was a slam dunk that was just obvious that he was going to go to to the bowerman track club and uh there seemed to be Maybe no obvious cases, a la Fisher from from last year, and particularly so when you add in that we don't know if anyone's going to sign this year simply because of the the, the COVID nineteen situation canceling basically everything. However, there's still some top NCAA athletes that it would be no surprise if they went to the Bowerman Track Club. So uh, I'll start with the first name. And we'll kind of just riff on each athlete, maybe why we think they might go to Bowerman and maybe why they won't. So uh, the first name I'll go with, Danny Jones. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say before we go, obviously Danny Jones is the top uh, contender to be on the Bowerman. But I kind of want to break down what the current roster has and where we feel like there's okay. openings. So Okay. No, that, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So looking on the women's side, uh, did a rough – Rough estimate. They probably have one 800-meter runner. That's Kate Grace. Two 1,500 runners in Shelby and Elise Cranny. Now, Kate Grace can move over to the 15 as well, so they could have three. Two 5K runners in Fraser and uh, Schweizer. Again, assuming Shelby stays in the 15. Three 10K runners, which is Mariel Hall, Emily Enfeld, and Gwen Jorgensen. And then two Steeplers, right? So when you think about it, they really only have the opportunity to add one per event, right? Because okay. they're kind of maxed out. Because you don't want more than three in an event, right? Because then it gets a little, hey, what are we doing here? We're guaranteeing someone's not going to make a team if we're all perfect. They have a lot more room in the 800, but I think it's one per event max for the women. Now, on the men's yeah. side, they have no 800-meter runners. They have two 1500, you could say, in Centro and Thompson. And then they have a lot of 5K guys. They have Fisher, yep. they have McGordy, they have Lopez, they have Ryan Hill, they have Kincaid. So five guys in a 5K, it seems like they have a little too much. They might need to start figuring out ways to get, you know, maybe <laughs> we need Grant Fisher to become a steepler or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I just see one 10K guy and zero steeplers, right? Uh, yeah. And then as, as far Amer- as the yeah the yeah well, the we're talking American guys. yeah yeah, yeah we're yeah. talking Americans only right now. Uh, yeah, obviously yeah. they have their non-American guys, uh, and then you have you know Bumby and Derek in the marathon, but we're not really thinking about marathon right now. But yeah. basically on the track U.S. track side, they're really heavy in the 5K range for the men, so we have to keep that in mind. Kind of light in the 800 and then in the 10K. They're light in the 10K and no one in the seat. So with that information, let's start drafting or potentially big boarding our Bowerman 
uh, track club yeah. 2020 team, 2021 team. And of course, just so, to, just to, just a quick added, just no one in the steeplechase, of course, Evan Jager, but. Oh yeah, Evan, sorry, I forgot. Right. <laughs> uh, who okay, I ranked, right. who I ranked number one, uh, the best Bowerman athlete of all time. But you know, that's neither here nor there. It happens. Sorry, you, for, you forget. That you were doing it. A run since no, no, no. So you're like, you don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. You were doing it off the top of your head, which is pretty, pretty yes. impressive. Uh, okay, so we can go to my first, you know, if there was a theoretical draft and Bowerman Track Club had every draft pick, one of the first selections they would make is Danny Jones as a candidate. I mean, she's done everything you could want. Won cross country, won the 5K, uh, won the mile, anchored a DMR. I'm sure I'm missing one in there. Uh, she won a 3K as well at some point. I mean, she's done basically everything. Uh, she seems like a pretty good case unless they're really focused on what you're talking about there in that 1500 and they say, well, no, we think Kate Grace is going to stick in the 15 rather than the eight. And they say, well, we don't want more than three 1500 runners. Do you think she's someone that's going to be signing with them uh, whenever it is in the next year or so? Well, I do still think there is potential to slide a Danny Jones talent into that team. Cause they can find ways to, you know, throw her in the fight. Cause we know now we're thinking of two 5K runners, right? In Fraser and Schweizer. You know, Dan Jones can work her way up into 5K and be that third, that third star in that event. But I really think that we're not talking about draft here. We're talking about free agency, right? There's no draft and track. Yeah. And it's right. all about putting your pitch to join your team. And I really think it's gonna be really hard to pull Danny Jones away from Mark Wetmore and training mm-hmm. with Jenny Simpson. Like, that's just going to be yep. really hard. And I think that Danny Jones has already, not that she's committed, but, like, in a way, she's already signed on the dotted line with, you know, training with Jenny, training with Mark and Heather. And I think that maybe she'll take an interview, but I think she knows she's right. going to, you know, stay with Jenny and stay in Colorado. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of got that new balance like mode a la Emma Coburn and, and you mentioned Jenny Simpson as well. She seems like she has that kind of written all over her. That said, I mean, Jenny Simpson, yes, is still very, very good, but she's entering, you know, her mid thirties. And so possibly for Danny Jones to say, I want someone to train with for the next 10 years of my, my professional running career. Perhaps she says, I think I'm going to get that more at the Bowerman Track Club. I mean, Nike is obviously the brand that sponsors the Colorado Buffaloes. And just because Simpson and Coburn have done uh, New Balance doesn't mean the same is going to be the tr- truth of of Danny Jones. Even though both of those women were basically identical to her as far as having outstanding careers at Colorado and then going on to uh, – um, well, Emma was coached by Wetborn, Wet, Wetmore, and then she went on to her husband as a coach. But, you know, it seems like that's where the path Danny Jones would go. But at the same time, if you look at it, if she says, yeah, I would want to be coached by my college coach. However, my training partner here, Jenny Simpson, may not be here for 10 more years, the kind of the the pit, the, the crucial period of my career. So maybe I joined Bowerman Track Club. That's my only thinking. I don't know what you think of that uh, idea. A little bit of a stretch. I think that'd be kind of hard because I think, uh, I mean, who has Jenny's training partner been like in, during her yeah. 10 year run? Like, I don't yeah, think you really need to have, yeah. 
like a, a great training yeah. partner to be a great runner. I think you just need a great environment, great coach. And I think if anything, Danny kind of can look at like, you know, Mark gives Mark and Heather give, you know, obviously the primary focus is their college team, but they give a lot of their focus towards Jenny because they're, she's like one. I'm not sure if they have any other pro athletes. They might have one. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, Jenny yeah. gets a lot of the Jenny gets a lot of the attention and like the focus. And eventually, once Jenny's not in her prime anymore, that focus she could be the next one to like carry the mantle of like the marquee pro athlete in the Burroughs Wetmore post collegiate, you know, you know training. So like she may look at it like, hey. Jenny's not going to be the person who's they're going to be focusing on in 2024, 2028. You know, I could be that person. So, yeah, that, that I just it, look at it. Know. I just look at it as on the Bowerman side, you look at somebody like Shelby Houlihan, who wasn't even as accomplished as Danny Jones has been in college. And now she's running 354, 1434. Swizer was accomplished, but I don't think anyone thought she was going to be running 825 a couple of years after college. Courtney Frerichs is the American record holder. It's just the overwhelming, the numbers that that Jerry Schumacher has that you think might be alluring, that might be able to pull her away from Boulder. I still think odds on favorite would, would be sticking with Wetmore and Burroughs, signing with New Balance for Jones. But I, I think I think Bowerman will have a good get, good case to sign her. Yeah, and if you no, know, in a weird way, I remember during uh, right before indoors, we're talking about what Danny Jones was attempting to pull off of like winning an indoor eight hundred meter title and having that incredible range from eight hundred all the way up to you know the six k across country, and a lot of people were trying to figure out like what's this comparison like, and they were using other athletes like Lopez LeMond, who are like showed that they have great cross country strength but they're also really good in speed but one athlete that we kind of all just forgot about and it's been right in front of our eyes this entire time is shelby Houlihan in college yeah. had a very similar like resume as what danny jones had i mean shelby in cross country i mean obviously she was second in the 1500 uh had like that she got out leaned um, but yeah. Shelby was good. She ran a 201 in the eight, which is like what um, Danny Jones is running. And in cross country, she was a top 10 runner. Like, obviously, yeah. she didn't win, but she finished top 10 once, twice. She was fourth one year. So she was top 10 three years in cross country. And she had the range of a 409, 1500, 428 mile. You know, she was a yeah. 1549, 5K. So. Shelby, in a way, is kind of like a version of what Danny is. And if we look at Shelby now, Danny has the toolbox to become potentially an American record holder, chaser, you know, a, an elite 1,500-meter runner with 5K range. So it wouldn't – Jerry would take Danny and turn her into Shelby 2.0, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Mark Wetmore also will turn – could turn Danny into Jenny Simpson 2.0. So right. I guess – Either way, it's going to be a win for Danny. I, I would guess so if those are the options she comes down to. Um, I think one thing that could push her or keep her in Boulder would be the fact that, you know, we're not taking visits to pro teams right now. Maybe you can do it via via Zoom or, or a phone call. But, 
you know, not being able to take a plane out to Portland and, and you know, to talk to Schumacher may, may be a big factor, not just for Jones, but for, for a, a lot of athletes that are trying to make a decision now. They may be holding off on all these decisions until next year. So that could be a moot point because, uh, you know, there's, there's all contracts can be dried up right now. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting case to see where Jones goes. Yeah. I think that right. I mean, Jerry will make a push for her, but I think in the end, Danny's going to reject Jerry for Mark Wetmore. That's what I think. Mm. All right. I'm going to stick on the women's side. We all know the Wisconsin pipeline with Jerry Schumacher has been strong in in the past. He was a former coach there. And when you look at guys like Evan Jager, Chris Solinsky, Mo Ahmed, Simon Byru, the, the Wisconsin uh, connection has been strong throughout the years. Alicia Monson, Wisconsin just announced they're not going to be honoring the extra spring season of eligibility that the NCAA granted. Uh, not really sure about that. That's that's a strange one. But Alicia Monson basically said in, a, in an article there, yes, this probably just means I'm going to go pro. So Alicia Monson, NCAA champion, long-winded way. Is she going to be on the Bowerman Track Club? I'm going to say... I don't think so. Okay. Would you stick with I, Mick I, or stick with her, not Mick, but or her uh, coach? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm Ward, dropping the ball. Warburg? Is it yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Not um, Warburg. No. Sorry. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Anyway. I feel bad. The, the Wisconsin yeah. women's coach. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I think that she's going to be a. I don't know. I, I, I see her signing with like getting like an ASICs deal or like a, you know, getting like that one-off, like an Under Armour deal. I could, oh, Under Armour I could see. I could see her taking yeah. Under Armour. I, I just think that uh, I don't think she's going to go to a big group, you know. I think she's going to stay. I think she's going to stay training in Wisconsin the same way how Morgan McDonald is staying training in Wisconsin. I think that she's going to get a deal. She's going to get a sponsorship deal, but I don't think she's going to join a training group. That's what I think. And you got to convince me why. Kinda, yeah, go ahead. I mean, she's used to not really having like an elite training buddy with her. Like she's done, she's had her entire success without the need of a fellow 15, 30 runner with her, pushing her. So, mm -hmm. I mean, she had some like 15, 45, 15, 50 girls with her, but I think she's going to. I don't know. I just don't see her joining a training group. I also, again, also a lot of my takes are going to be that in order for Jerry to take you on when he's has literally no cap space, I really think adding a 5K woman or a 10K woman is just like, I'm only taking you if you're like the legit of the legit. And I think Danny Jones is the only woman who can make Jerry go into the luxury tax. Like that's what I think. Now, hold on. Alicia Monson was second in cross country this past fall. She won the indoor 5K. She's she's definitely the legit of the legit. And I would say, you know, she had a she had decent training partners. She had Amy Davis, at, who you know I think has been an All American or close to it in the past. But I I think Monson wants to take that next step by going to a team where she's not going to be the the you know the top athlete. Think of how much better. Carissa Swizer has got being on this team and Vanessa Frazier. I don't think anyone thought Vanessa Frazier was going to be ready to run 1448 just a year or two outside of college. And if Monson takes a step up, I think she'll be even better than that. If, I'm just saying, if you want 
to be somebody who's running an Olympic and World Championship finals in the U.S. a couple years removed from college, your best chance, in my estimation, is to go to the Bowerman Track Club. They have a spot open for that for the 5K, which is Monson's bread and butter. And look at that. That that could be they Frazier, Swizer, and and Monson, if she would to join were to join. I mean, they could be the women's 5K team for the next five to seven years in the United States. Here's my here's my here's my reason why I'm not sold on Monson being the the cream of the crop yet. Put the word yet. She can be. Is that she hasn't really proven to have like speed. I mean, her mile PR is 438. She's run a 425-1500. You compare that to what Schweizer was in college. Schweizer was a sub-430 miler in college. Obviously, Dan Jones, sub-430 mile. I think, like, in order to excel in the 5K internationally and at the U.S. elite level, you need to be a really fast miler. You need to be able to run 430 or faster. And yeah. I just don't – maybe Monson hasn't been put in an opportunity to do that. Maybe – She's run some 430s and some DMRs that we don't really know about, right? But I don't know. I just don't put her in the the speed category yet. Maybe she'll get it. Again, some people develop later. And, I mean, Monson can go on to be a multi-time U.S. champion and make me look like I don't know anything. Yeah. But my, 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 my opinion is that Jerry's looking for speedsters who have endurance, who have range. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think maybe in that program, there's not as much for their distance runners a, a focus on running. I know she's run a mile and, you know, done okay at it, but not but not great. But you one, you have to have speed to win an NCAA title no matter what, which distance. And two, I mean, I don't know, Morgan McDonald didn't like rip a fast 1500 and we no one doubts his finishing speed. And like I think he ran three fifty five in the mile. Uh, I don't know. It's just three fifty five like, is a lot think... better than. Uh, oh, no. of course, but of course. Of he course. had speed. He was always a sub four miler. That's enough speed to prove that he had it. I just don't think she's done. I don't think there's a big enough sample size to think like her speed doesn't doesn't play. You you get second in cross country. That's that's good enough. I mean, did Mo Ahmed like? flash elite wheels at, at Wisconsin before before he signed with the Bowerman Track Club. I mean, I, I I feel like she's done enough by virtue of what she's done in the longer distances to say that she has has the speed. And it's obviously something that can be developed. Tell me what. I'm looking at Mohamed. Mohamed like rarely ran like one yeah. fifteen hundred his entire time in college. It's a, yeah. it's a Wisconsin it's a Wisconsin thing, man. If you're if you're a longer distance runner, it's like you're only going down to the three K basically. More because yeah. Morgan McDonald ran three fifty five in college, but it was outside the NCAA season. He did that in St. Louis in June. So yeah. I'm just saying I think it's a program thing, not an athlete thing for for Monson. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to give I'm willing to give you that. Okay, but I'm also—I mean, still think Jerry is, like we said, no cap space, and uh, I, I think he—I think Jerry's going to be looking for a like 800, 1500 athlete. That's what I think. I don't think he's going to be looking for a five k, ten k runner because he just has too much. Hmm. That's what I think. I think well, he's looking for someone who can, someone who could drop down into the eight hundred. Do you, do you have somebody in mind in that regard? 
I'm, I'm trying to think of who you would be referring to. Somebody who could I drop mean, down to the 800. Nia Atkins. I mean, she's a pure 800 meter, 800 meter runner yeah. though at this point. I think what Jerry might need to just start like, Hey, let's start. Uh, let's get ready for, uh, taking over, uh, Derek Thompson's group and start like taking some of his <laughs> spots away from the 800. Um, and let Kate Grace kind of lead that charge. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I just think that I I think the big move that Jerry will make is he's going to add an 800-meter runner. That's what I think. I think that in 5K, 10K, 15 steeple, he's just packed to the brim. And in the next four years, he's going to want to keep this group. I mean, I don't think you need to go from like eight Olympians to like, oh, we need two more to get to 10. I think he already is at the – I think he's the one place where he clearly can find – an opportunity is in the 800. And I think someone like Nia Atkins would be that person, in my opinion. I I don't know what her training regimen is, but I mean, is she going to have somebody to run with? Like, is she going to train like a 1500 meter runner? I mean, that could be a total departure from what she did at Penn. I mean, let's look at, I mean, she, she ran some 15, she ran, and, and, and I mean, I'm looking at her, like her, She's run a couple of thousands and 1500s in her training. Obviously, she was running the 800 major, majorly, major, what's the word? Primarily. Primarily, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but <laughs> she uh, she's run a 416, 1500 and okay, a 243,000. Uh, I mean, she won the Ivy League mile uh, this past season. So I think the hotly contested she, Ivy League mile. She was slowly like moving up. I mean, let's look at this fifteen hundred she ran last year. She got oh yeah, she got smoked. She got smoked by Ajay Wilson and C.R. Brown in a in a fifteen hundred. But again, she was a junior in college and not really yet to like break out. But I think someone like Nia Atkins is the. I mean, Nia might also go to Derek Thompson's group because it's in Philly, right? You get to train with Raven and Aji Wilson. So that might make more sense in a way. But, hey, Jerry likes smart kids, right? So why not take the the Penn grad? uh, How many Ivy Leaguers do they have on the team? Just one? Just Kate Grace? Uh, Maybe maybe they need to add it. They need to add a new one. Yeah, exactly. Kate Grace, Look at that. They, they could both train in the 800, both talk about being Ivies. It's perfect. <laughs> I, perfect. I, think you made the argu- I think you made the argument for Aikens. She's in Philadelphia already. There's the best 800-meter training group in the country in Philadelphia. I mean, maybe she wants – I don't know how the training is in Philly, but I assume it's okay if it's developed Ajay Wilson and Raven Rogers. I mean, Raven Rogers. It was so important for her. She left Oregon, didn't go home to, to Texas. She decided to go all the way to Philadelphia. So I think Aiken's already being there. That makes the most sense for her. But at the same time, Jerry could kind of play Derek Thompson's being over to cap in the 800 against him. Mm-hmm. And Jerry can go to Nia, sit down with the parents and Nia and, and coach Steve Dolan of Penn. Like, hey, hear me out. Derek Thompson? He's not gonna. He, you're gonna be his third, fourth best 800 meter priority here. You'll mm. be my number one priority in the 800. I'm gonna tell Kate Grace to go around the 1500, and you get the 800 all to yourself. So come out to Portland, 
and I will treat the wine and dine you, and I will create you into a perennial 800 meter world qualifier. Yeah, that's a hey. that's maybe the, the best argument you've had there. That's not bad. I like so, that. That's right. Mm. So move over to the men's side. I I mean, do you, is there any other woman out there that you think can crack into the the current Bowerman team? Uh, it wouldn't be this year because I know she redshirted, but uh, eventually Taylor Warner is going to make sense. So, but she redshirted the indoors, and so she's going to have an entire track season this next year in 2021 to come back for. And we already know she was going to plan to come back because NCAAs is at Arkansas, but she's somebody long-term that makes sense. Um, otherwise, on the women's side, I mean, there's going to be people clearly – coming up but no one screams bowerman at the, at the you know right now other than well to me monston jones the most but i could be missing somebody uh but well, like, so like that, a katie rangsberger could be yeah um you know she hasn't been elite for the last few years but maybe maybe a little bowerman track club reclamation project for for Jerry Schumacher, uh, yeah, that's certainly possible. What about a, a Whitney Orton? I would see her sticking in in Provo, uh, and then you also have uh, Erica Burke Jarvis. Maybe those two women from BYU—they've been really good. But it seems like the BYU athletes like to stick in Provo, be it the men's side with that eye stone, or. Uh, or on the women's side. So we'll see, but I, I would, I would assume that's not going to happen. What if, what if Jerry plucked both Orton and Burke Jarvis threw Burke Jarvis in the steeple to be their third steepler with Quigley and Frerichs throws Orton to be the kind of dynamic can, can drop all the way down to the 800, all the way up to the 5k to kind of fill in the spot mm. where they have the biggest hole. Cause Orton has range. Orton's kind of like a, Oh, yeah. uh, like a, 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 a first-year Danny Jones-type caliber. I mean, she showed a range of going down from the mile all the way up to the 5K, did well in the, in the 6K across. Uh, doesn't have the the prolonged uh, resume that Danny Jones has. But what if he went for, like, get those two BYU ladies in? Man, that will be, be a good dynamic. And then they can, you know, they can be roommates together, you know, when they're training out in the uh, There in you go. Park. And where where did, oh where where do where do they they train they they train in Utah right so be perfect for for altitude camp Dark they've City. also been in Col yeah. Colorado Springs uh, I would imagine that you know I think Mormon athletes leaving Utah is less likely but I I'm not Mormon and I don't know the scenarios obviously there's Mormons outside of Utah but I I don't see that I mean Jared Ward didn't leave Clayton Young Connor McMillan uh, sure there's there's other athletes I'm not thinking of I mean Roy Linkletter did so that maybe that's an example of people who are leaving Utah but uh, yeah I don't I don't know uh, they definitely have the talent to be on the team but will they will they want to leave just for for other reasons I don't think so and one last woman to keep in mind uh, an eye on I'm sure Jerry is already thinking about. Caitlin Tui, is he thinking? Is he thinking like, all right, what's my what's my Tui twenty twenty four plan? Is that is that in his mind? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when when do you so think these college coaches think about? Do they wait till 
junior year? Are they thinking about them after they see some freshman stars pop up, some sophomore stars? When do they start planning? Oh, college coaches are, I mean, in, in college basketball, they're recruiting them in seventh and eighth grade. Running's a little bit different, of course, because you just don't know where development or interest is going to go. But, I mean, Caitlin Tui's been on every coach's radar since she was a freshman when she was dominating, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure he is, but you have to see how she fares in college because there's a chance with Tui, I don't think this will happen, but there's a chance that she may not get a whole lot better just based on how good she was in co- in high school. It, not a guarantee, uh, but we've just seen that too many times before with prep stars, on, especially on the women's side, that, you know, it's not like we're – it's not going to be an Evan Jager situation where she's leaving college to go to the Bowerman Track Club after one yeah. year. I know. I just want to think of one last big yeah. name. Because uh, no, Jerry no, likes good. the names, right? You got to go. Yeah. Good names. So. There you go. All right. Should we move over to the men's side? Yes. Uh, if, if we're going to st- – we started with Colorado on the women's side. Let's do it on the men's side. Joe Klecker. Now, we know the logjam of 5,000-meter runners on Bowerman, so that could be the the tricky part that that maybe Bowerman says, we'd love to have you, but we don't have room for you. But does that does the Klecker-Schumacher connection make sense at all to you? Uh, yes, it does, but timing-wise, it doesn't, right? You know, you just he, – he's, he's – it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you work here, but at the same time, I mean – Unless you can switch nationality and, you know, go represent some uh, random island in the Mediterranean <laughs> or something like that to, or, so you can still make a world team and not have to take one away from Kincaid, Hill, Lopez, McGordy, Fisher. I mean, a lot of times, like, I think people forgot about Woody Kincaid for, uh, for a hot minute and then everyone got re-reminded, introduced to him this past 2019 season when – he was there in the top in the top three at USA's. Goes on to run sub thirteen in Portland. So like, Jerry's is so deep in the five k, and we don't even know what McGordy can bring and what Fisher can bring. Because Fisher, you know, he's been dealing with some injuries. He didn't run. He didn't run USA's last year. So, and you know, Fisher has that talent. So, and Hill, you know, he's trying to make a comeback. Ryan Hill has proven that he can do it. I mean, you would think. This is what would need to happen. I mean, if Klecker were to come in, he would need to tell Lopez, like, hey, you can do the 5K, but if my guy gets fourth, you're scratching a 5K to do the 10K. So, And you need to start, guess, I guess, moving Hill up to the 10K maybe? So you have no, a team of no. – I don't know. Like, you got to spread it out, right? Maybe you move hmm. McGordy down to the 1,500 because McGordy's got some wheels. So then you have McGordy, yeah. Centro, and Thompson in the 15. And then the 5K, you have Fish, uh, Woody, Klecker. And then at 10K, you have Hill and Lamont. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. The argument I would think that would say they're fine with creating, you know, or giving themselves an extra supply of 5,000-meter of runners is – I know Fisher's a special case, but they didn't have any hesitation signing Fisher when they already had McGordy, Kincaid, and Lamong. And plus, Lamong is, yes, he's 
arguably had the best year of his career last year, but he's 34. This isn't going to last forever. So he'll be retired within within the next five years. And, uh, you know, McGordy and Fisher probably aren't ready to make teams yet. That may be a couple years away still yet. And so you look at, we kind of have, we have guys in the 5,000 who are major leaguers, Lamong and Kincaid, and then Hill, if he can kind of get back to his level of three, four years ago. And then we kind of have developmental minor league guys. They're AAA guys. They're on the cusp, but Grant Fisher and and Sean McGordy. And so why not just add another one? You have your three that are at the majors right now, Hill, Lamong, and Kincaid. And when those guys move on, either go to the 10K or retire, then we got our next wave. So they're building out their roster, not just for 2021, but for 2025. I like that. That's a good point. I do like... You know, sometimes you like to think about the now only and like, all right, well, no. how does this work in 2021 where really you got to think like signing Klecker in 2020, we want to have him. We want we want Joe Klecker in 2024, right? We want Joe Klecker right. as like a 25, 26, 27-year-old who's like in his prime. And you don't get that unless you sign him when you have a log jam, but the log jam clears up you know, years down the road. So I, I guess I can see that. Yeah, I just think he point. can be, yeah, he can be really, really good. And he didn't get that chance because he was coming into his own right when the virus hit and, and track stopped. And it seemed like he was had a really good chance to win titles in Albuquerque. And then obviously moving on to, to outdoors. I just think we have not seen the best of Joe Klecker yet. I think he's got good speed as he showed by running 401 at whatever it was, uh, you know, in Boulder and fi- over 5,000 feet of altitude and converting to 355. Like he is tailor made for the Bowerman Track Club. Yeah. And I think, uh, but he also could be tailor made for staying in Boulder with Mark Wetmore. But I mean, I guess Colorado really hasn't had that many, like, I guess the, the most recent male star, not really star, but I guess Ben Sorrell was there, but Ben Sorrell was dealing with injuries and didn't really yeah. have as much – like Joe Klecker clearly has had a better career than Sorrell. But Sorrell, freshman year, man, he got like third oh, yeah. indoor five, 3K or something like that. Uh, Sorrell, you know, just got hamstring with injuries, so maybe he's a bad example. Uh, but has there been another, like, Colorado athlete – what's the last Colorado male athlete to have, like, the star power at on the track? I can't. Oof. Right? I mean – yeah. Yeah, obviously not a hugely track focused program and they haven't yeah. had that like stud. Yeah, that's tough. I can't I can't think of while, it. They definitely right? had nat- they they definitely had national qualifiers, but no one on the on the level of Klecker for for a while, it seems like. Yeah, I mean when you when you think of Colorado, you you kind of leapfrog like ten plus years or fifteen plus years and you go to the Ritz, Gouchers in that time era. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of – there just hasn't been – like, there's been great guys, guys who can be top 10 and cross and be All-American on the track, but there hasn't been someone like Klecker, you know, so. Right. Yeah. We get – I guess we – I mean, Mark Wetmore really hasn't had the, had the need to create a male-focused post-collegiate group, right? But maybe yeah. Klecker's the start of that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. 
No, it's I I think of of all the names we've talked said so far, I think he's the strongest likelihood. Um, we we have no idea. We have no inside information, as we would like to say, not reporting this at all. We have no idea what's going on, and no one's signed in the month plus since indoors. You know the season wrapped up, so I don't foresee any signings coming down the pipeline anytime soon. But I just I I I feel that one in my bones. I I think Klecker is going to be on the Bowerman Track Club. Uh, okay. Let's see. Here's my thing. I oh, think there's another athlete who I think is more likely to be on the Bowerman Track Club than Klecker, and I even think okay. would be chosen over Klecker. And I'm going. Oh, wow. I think Tyler. I think Tyler Day. I think Tyler Day okay. has proven that he has make a big, made a big leap this past indoor season with his quick 5K and 3K times. And he is like, he, he's a 10K guy, right? And Jerry doesn't have a lot of 10K guys right now, right? His 10K guys sure. all moved on to the marathon, Derek and Bumby. He still has Lopez. But I think Tyler Day would fit right in to be their, their strong, like, new 10K guy. Like new, like their you know their triple A ten K guy behind Lopez, <laughs> and you look yeah. at the ten K, it's kind of it's kind of open, right? You have you have Lopez, you have Shadrach, and then that third spot is kind of like who is it, right? It's well, whoever wants to do it. Coming back, probably, yeah, yeah, but yeah, career's coming back. But, but like career, obviously, is, has a foot out the door, right? He has a foot out the yeah. door to, to be in the marathon. And you have the people who are like taking that third spot or even that second spot in the 10K are like people who like, oh, like Hassan Mead, okay, I'm going to do a 10K this year. Or like Ben True, okay, I'm going to do a 10K. Like no one is like, I'm a 10K guy. It's all 5K guys being like, all right, yeah, I'll do the 10K because there's an extra chance or an extra spot. Where I think Tyler could go all in on that 10 and going mm -hmm. up against people who are coming off a, a missed opportunity in the five he can strike and be a top three guy because he showed he now shows he has the wheels right yeah t-day no, has I, he doesn't look like he has wheels that's what's crazy about it. he looks like <laughs> just like a typical like grinded out 10k guy but he he's quick right he he's he's a he can he he can he's a sub four quality miler right so i just think tyler day is a perfect spot for that because He'll do the 10K and then eventually move up to the marathon and he'll keep that going for, for Jerry. I think he's – that's what I think. I think Tyler Day is the more appropriate choice. I, I see the fit. However, I think the overwhelming likelihood with Day is two options. Well, one, he's going to stay in Flagstaff. And then two, he's either going to stay coached by Mike Smith or he's going to go to NAZ Elite, rejoin his old pal Matt Baxter. That's that makes the most sense by far. Like, and he's ultimately going to be a marathoner. And like, I'm not saying Jerry can't coach marathoners. Obviously, he can. But he, training in Flagstaff, he's from Arizona. Like, that all makes too much sense for Tyler Day. He's an Arizona lifer. Like, he's a huge Phoenix sports fan. Like, being in Flagstaff by far makes the most sense for him. And if he wants, if 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 he wants to stay with Smith, he's right there. If not, like go across the street to Ben Rosario. Like that, that those are just super easy. And again, especially in times where choosing training groups is not allowing you're not allowed to you know travel to places to go visit. I just think that makes way too much sense to think he would 
switch situations and go to the Bowerman Track Club. Would he have higher quality training partners? Yes, uh, certainly. And and maybe it gives him a better chance to make a team, but it's not like Rosario and Smith are are too much lesser of coaches than Schumacher. Like those are good coaches and he would have plenty of opportunities there and could could get a better contract out of either, you know, joining Hoka or going out on his own if he was to stay in Flagstaff. So that that would be my estimation. Yeah, I mean I'm not I yeah. I can see the the staying, right? And yeah. The Mike Smith stuff, I mean, makes sense. But at the same time, like, I don't think Mike Smith is trying to create a post-collegiate group. So I think that Mike is going to be like, hey, I'll coach you, but, like, it's going to be all on you, and you're not going to get the amount of attention that I'm giving, you know, Drew Bosley and Nico Young. I mean, I mean, Galen Rupp isn't even in flag, right? He's coaching Galen Rupp via email, right? You know, he's like – He's like the perfect pandemic coach in a way for Galen Rupp, right? It's just our, nothing changed, right? He was he just kept on opening Zoom, you know. Uh, but yeah. I, I just think yes, it makes sense for Tyler Day to go to NAZ or to stay in flag under Smith. But that is something we all were saying in November of 2019, even in December of 2019, right? But I think his indoor year, he wasn't gonna. I think he would. Jerry was never going to call him, right? He was never going to get a phone call from Jerry. But after his indoor season, he's getting a phone call from Jerry. And I think it's just like when you get a phone call from the best U.S. Yeah. track team, uh, the, the U.S. training group, you can't be like, nah, my, my loyalty lies to my, my roots in Arizona and to my former college team mate and to my college coach. You're going to listen. Yeah. You're going to listen to Jerry. You're going to listen to his pitch. And – He's going to have a good pitch. He's going to be like, hey, you want to train with Lopez Lamont? And, yeah. you know, he, he, he's an NAU alum. You could be I, – I, he needs another uh, – yeah. he wants to talk about flag. Someone to talk about flag with, right? So yeah, I, that's a good I just point. think that uh, it's, it's, it's hard to say no to Jerry, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he, I just think if, if, he, def- if he says, I have a spot for you, you don't want to be like, thank, no, thank you. I don't know. It's, gonna be, it's hard, right? Yeah. When he ran 13, 16, and 7.45, he definitely uh, got a lot closer to the Bowerman Track Club. I mean, that, that yeah. those those times are – put him squarely in, in the mix, especially you ride in the 10K, of which, you know, he could he could already be a, a top five guy at this point, you know, in the yeah. – you know, you know, granted, for, for the Olympics, he'd have to run in the 2720s, and that's no guarantee, but, but – uh, but I, he can also just get that where I think wherever he goes. But yeah, you're right. You're right. If Mike Smith is you know wholly focused still on NAU, which he will be, and and Day is like, no, I I want somebody that's putting all their energy, not all, but you know their energy into me, and isn't coaching a college team. Well, he definitely ran himself into consideration with this the indoor season yeah. he had. Uh, so. Any other wild cards that we we need to we talk about on the men's side? Well, I speaking of Wisconsin, uh, and I know he's Australian, but but Ollie Hoare, uh, they've never, at least to my knowledge, had an Aussie on the squad. I think Morgan McDonald took a visit to Bowerman Track Club. I just don't know if maybe there's just never been a fit or if they're not looking for to add Australian athletes. Of course, we know they have a Canadian in Mohamed. 
Uh, they have an Eng- they have Mark Scott, and so it's not like they're not taking international talent. But you see Ollie Hoare possibly as a as a logical piece going to Portland. I don't personally. I know I brought it up, but I I don't. I could see him staying in in Wisconsin doing the Under Armour thing, uh, the same as McDonald. But I don't know. It's an option. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see uh, either way. I think because obviously he's not American, the cap space on the men's side just is it's completely open, right? It's just whatever we we don't care if you do any whatever event you're doing, it's fine, right? Because yeah, you're not yeah, taking yeah. anyone's spot. But uh, I mean, I guess it comes down to uh, Ali is 15 guy, right? He's not trying to become a 5K runner. And like, do you want to be training with Morgan McDonald? Or do you want to be training with Centro and Josh Thompson, right? Or do you yeah. want to be training with, you know, whether he goes to, like, go down, goes to flag and trains with, like, Chez and that, that like, and Blake. What's, like, that uh, the Stephen Haas group that's starting, that Under Armour group, right? Yeah, I forget that. It's something It's something flagstaff, for, like, I think is, in, is yeah. in the name. I forget exactly. But, yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's a possibility. I think that I think Ollie is going to. Uh, I don't think Ollie's going to go, and I really think that um, Jerry is going to kind of lowball Ollie because I think he wants to put all of his efforts into wooing Nagus in two years. Yared. Oh wow. Notre Dame. I think so. Tank tanking for Nagus. Tanking for Nagus. Nagus is a Jared. Sh- <laughs> he went to Jared. Jared. <laughs> Jerry went to Jared. Uh, yeah. But I think Nagus is the guy who I think Jerry's eyeing, um, and he still has mm-hmm. to wait another year for him. Hell, maybe he'll be like, "Screw it, just come now, right? Let's let's, let's mm-hmm. do this. Let's let's get to Portland and start training." But I think Jared Nagus is the guy who uh, Jerry's going to be eyeing in the fifteen hundred realm. I yeah. mean, can you think of – is there – disagree, agree? Oh, eventually. I mean, he's not going to leave college early. I think he wants that Notre Dame degree, and then also he's that guy that always talks about his team. So I don't think he'd be the the dude to to leave school early to to turn professional and do it into a different group. But certainly, I mean, Nagus is – if we mention Klecker is a guy that we haven't see, seen scratch their ceiling yet, uh, Nagus is even more so uh, just because he hasn't – you know, he's just started to be – elite in the last year and a half and you know previously he wasn't running individual events indoors and i guess he still hasn't but then he won that 1500 title you guys kick is probably the best in the ncaa it makes all the sense in the world absolutely yeah so i mean that's who i think is like if i had to like like we don't he's not really on the minds because he's a junior and not a senior but I think Nagus is between Day, Klecker, Cooper Tier, Grijalva, um, Hoare, right? All these guys, James West, all all these like legit uh, distance runners. Nagus is number yeah. one, in my opinion, because he has shown the most like potential, I think, with his kick. Oh, yeah. You know, some people yeah. – I mean, what was it, Kevin, who kind of referred to him like maybe he's in the next Andrew Weeding, you know? And 
I, I just think that uh, regardless of year or eligibility, uh, amount of years eligible left in the NCAA, I think Jerry's going all in on trying to get Yared Nagus. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't think it'll be too hard of a sell. I that 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 makes all the sense of the world to me. And on the women's side, we looked long term athlete. The men's side, let's do the same. We haven't even seen him in college yet. Heck, he didn't get a spring high school track season at all. But Nico Young, I mean, that that's like the Grant Fisher move. Like that, he's been. Yeah, seems like he's destined to go to the Bowerman Track Club. Uh, a lot of things can change, but that's just way, way too obvious for me. So he's run 756 in, in high school and dominated cross country the way he did. That one seems seems in the bag. Oh, yeah. Nico Young is definitely on the, the minds of all, like, the, the pro teams, you know, that, you know, from Brooks, NOP, uh, formerly NOP, Pete Julian's group, you know, all, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are thinking Nico Young's a guy we want in 2024 because uh, he's going to be good. Uh, he's, he's the Caitlin Tui, right? The next year yeah. is going to, I mean, the cross country storylines is going to be how good is Young and Tui as a, as a true freshman. I mean, NAU might have the luxury of redshirting Nico Young and kind of depriving us of the opportunity to see what a true freshman Young can do. I mean, if you see what Drew Bosley does, you can't imagine what Nico does, right? But yeah, I could I, I could see Nico Young redshirting because he just doesn't adjust to seven feet as well, right? Um, and they have the Maybe. depth that they don't need to run him. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, the Nico Young is going to be the the guy that Jerry and company are going to be eyeing for uh, 2024, 2028. I agree with that. So. And then beyond that, uh, I mean, he hasn't emerged yet as a as a superstar. But what's his uh, his son? What's the what's the youngest Schumacher? He's at Stanford Josh. now, right? Josh Schumacher. I mean, come on. If he if yeah, he, if, mean, he uh, uh, if he has if he, if he has like a decent career, and then his dad's like, ah, I don't know. I don't think you're good enough. That could make okay, it awkward Thanksgiving. So he DNF'd at Pac-12s. Mm. But maybe that's not a real DNF. That might be a DNS. I highly doubt. He... So he ran. Um, he's a ways he off. The... Let's not. Let's... Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a ways he, off. He, he, ran, he, yeah. he ran in the B race at Nuttycomb, and he got seventh. Okay. So okay. He, uh, and... he, yeah, I mean, he, he beat uh, some names that he beat. He beat DJ Principe. He beat... Uh, be some guys. Yeah. Right uh, there behind Cade Burks. And now that I'm thinking of the all-nepotism Bowerman Track Club potential team, this one's a stronger case. Thomas Ratcliffe. I mean, his yes. dad is the agent to a lot of these athletes. That's He's the head of Kimby Athletics. I mean, Ratcliffe, I know he's, he's taken his lumps. He's shown immense potential and then had some struggles in, uh, you know, across his career, all basically due to injuries. But that's a guy you look at the the connection there with his dad Tom Ratcliffe that that one in a couple of years almost seems guaranteed as well yeah provided though that he's able to stay healthy right i mean of course i think of course of course tommy's going to need at least a year and a half of consistent like healthy elite running before he's going to be i mean he could be given a contract because whatever you know 
there's zero percent uh agent's fees right on it because it's his dad <laughs> his agent uh but uh yeah. uh yeah that would be cool seeing ratcliffe there seeing uh mcgordy ratcliffe and fisher all on the same pro team would be kind of cool stanford and and chris derrick if he's still around uh yeah chris derrick, you, yeah. one question i'm just thinking of does his dad charge him agent fees i mean it feels like ethically you need to but at the same time like i don't want to be paying my dad yeah no your dad better call just wave free. all fees Free. Just free, free. No, hundred percent free. If that's you're not a dad. If you're <laughs> charging your son for a three percent, five percent, twenty percent, whatever it is, that's just not cool. I mean, you'll be like, all right, dad, you're gonna charge me. Like, you're not getting a Christmas gift, no birthday gift, right? It's just like <laughs> I'm gonna dock, I'm gonna dock twenty percent off of whatever I get. You know, you know. Well, you know what? I'm gonna go to a twenty percent less better nursing home when you're. 85 oh, that's what he's gonna say. <laughs> that'd be cruel that'd i remember yeah all right well maybe we can uh we can call it there with the the ratcliffs and nursing homes and not paying your dad uh it seems like yeah. a good place to to end based on where we went with this one this was a lot of fun uh i don't know if we mentioned at the top but the email flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the address send us your messages my son is coming in now to the show so that's usually when it's time to say hi how are you doing my uh my wife gave us my wife gave us uh quarantine haircuts yesterday so i, I don't, I don't oh. think it looks too bad looks pretty good, yeah, looks good. so I, I don't want people judging me if they notice my hair was shorter i did not go to the barber didn't break social distancing i just got a homemade homemade haircut last night first time in my life so you gotta you gotta make do at these times. Yeah, yeah, it looks good from from through a camera at least. There we go. All right, until tomorrow, we'll see you guys. See ya. <laughs>